Hello, listeners. I want to share an amazing resource with you. It's called Hello Divorce. Founded by a lawyer and certified family law specialist, Hello Divorce can help you no matter where you are in your divorce process. So whether you're just getting started or if you're near the end but have stalled out and need help to get over the finish line, Hello Divorce can help. They provide full-service divorce support, and they can handle divorces of all kinds, all net worths, and with or without children. It's completely online, convenient, and they offer you support all the way through. Their clients get divorced in one-third the time and at one-tenth the typical cost. So go to hellodivorce.com backslash beyond and receive $100 off the cost of their services. And I want you to know, Erin Levine, who's my friend and the CEO and founder of Hello Divorce, was a guest on episode 197 entitled, Get the FYI on DIY Divorce. So be sure to go check it out. We'll link in the show notes. Coming up on today's episode of the Divorce and Beyond podcast. A couple who will stay married, who can navigate it, the problems aren't going away, but they found a way to navigate around them. So for example, the clean, messy dichotomy, it's not like you're ever going to get the clean person to become messy and you're not going to get that messy person to be clean, but you're going to have conversations that then they can create agreements such that they can each live with whatever is happening in their lives. Hello, and welcome to the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. As a top divorce attorney and family law mediator for 30 years, I know what you need to know to get through your divorce, and most importantly, how to move beyond it to thrive and transition to your new future. My experts and I are here to give you the insider view into the process, so listen in for the wisdom and expert information you need on your journey through divorce and beyond. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Divorce and Beyond. I'm your host, Susan Guthrie, and today I am joined by another of my new friends here in the Chicago area. Hi, Teresa. It's lovely to see you. Hi, Susan. Thanks for having me. Well, we've been working on getting you on here. I am joined today by a new friend. She is here in Chicago, as I mentioned. Her name is Teresa Baron-Coulat, and she is a family law attorney, collaborative attorney, dispute resolution professional, mediator, and all kinds of other things that you're going to hear about. But the reason I asked her to come on is she is an innovator in our field and works with couples in something that she calls intentional relationship design. And I know you're all out there going, wow, what is that? And I'll tell you, that is exactly what I said when I heard about this. I'm like, intentional relationship design. This sounds like something I need to know more about. So I reached out to her. I asked her to come on. Since that time, I've had a chance to look into what she's doing, talk with her about this. And I'm really excited to let you all hear from her because I think for many listeners who are kind of in that space of either entering into a relationship, in a relationship that maybe needs a little work, 
or really in any place in a relationship, even if it's a relationship that might be ending, there's going to be something in this episode that you're going to find extremely valuable. So again, Teresa, thanks so much for joining me and thank you for being an innovator in our field. Well, it's great, Susan, because I think you teed me up perfectly. And that is my ex-husband and I actually used a collaborative process. And so for the last 20 years, I've been a collaborative lawyer and a mediator. And that really was the genesis of intentional relationship design because the key to having a successful client-centered divorce is to have your client really create a future that they want to live into. So my experience is that when people are in a litigated or a very highly contested, there's a lot of looking backwards, finding fault, who did what to whom. But in my approach, in approaches where people are really future focused, it's really about, okay, fine, that was the past, but what do you want to create going forward? So that is a lovely, you know, genesis of this whole process. And I love how you explain that. I've I've tried to explain to people sort of that difference between a litigated divorce where the focus is on who did what in the past, right? Where things, who earned what, who did what, all of those things. So it's very past focused and fault kind of focused as opposed to a mediative or a collaborative approach. And you used the phrase that I love, a client-centered divorce. And, you know, really what you've done is create something that isn't just a client-centered divorce, it's a client-centered relationship or marriage or perhaps divorce. So I do want to mention to everyone that you have a very well-known firm here in the Chicago area, Trinity Family Law. That is where your collaborative practice and your mediative practice is sort of, I guess I'd say, held. So if anybody wants to know about that, they can go to Trinity Family Law. But today we're really talking about your other approach to relationships, which is your TB Kulat website, which I'll also have in the show notes. And it really stems from this intentional relationship design. So you mentioned that that stemmed from your own divorce. And as so many of my guests we have found, their own experiences lead them into what we then do in our jobs, our professions. How did your divorce lead you down this path? Well, it's fun and I'll try to keep it short, but I was a local government attorney and I was a retreat leader. So in the late 90s, in the early 2000s, I was going leading retreats and I was practicing local government law. And I was with my spiritual director and I was like, you know, there's got to be a way for these two parts of myself to come together. And that spring, I found an article about the International Alliance of Holistic Lawyers. And I was like, oh, these are my people. And it just happened that they were having their conference in Chicago that year. So I signed up, I went, I met Stu Webb, who was really the creator of Collaborative Process. And I remember meeting him thinking, oh my God, this is the greatest thing. And so a couple of years later, when my marriage was ending, I was like, wait, I don't want to fight. I know litigation isn't going to be good for my children and it's not going to be good for us. I go, but I don't know that we could actually mediate and actually get anything accomplished. So this collaborative thing sounded great. And I called Stu He's like, well, I don't know anybody in Illinois. So I found a friend who was a litigator and a mediator. And I said, hey, there's this new thing. Would you be willing to do it? And she said yes. And then my husband at the time found a family friend. And literally 
one of them drove from the east, the other drove from the west, and we negotiated the divorce at my kitchen table, literally. So you had, I always tell people there's two types, or when I'm describing the different kinds of divorce, I start with kitchen table divorce, but I, I usually mean that where the couple negotiates it theirself. You're the first person I ever heard about who brought their attorneys into the kitchen to do the negotiation. I love it. And that's what I kind of say, collaborative, it's when you need support. Like, so in a collaborative process, the people are actually talking to each other. Like that's the difference between a, a negotiated litigated divorce that the attorneys are somewhat hands off and helping the people really decide what's best for their family. And, you know, just as a quick aside, my ex-husband and I at about mm, eight or nine months, he bought a new home. Okay. My kids were two and seven at the time. And literally he came every night, gave them their baths, put them to bed we had a wonderful relationship, even though it was difficult, we put them at the center. So I just point that out that it is possible. As a spiritual kind of person, I was always trying to be, you know, what is the best for all? How can we create an outcome that's going to maximize everybody's well-being and happiness and peace? So I just say that. And to connect it then to becoming a divorce lawyer, right? And a mediator. Yes. So I actually, when I took the training in 2002, I thought I was going to be a coach because I had not done family law. I had been a government lawyer sitting on boards and doing yeah. plan commission meetings. My coach at that time says, you know, you're a lawyer. You could probably do that law stuff. You know, with that law degree and that law license. Yeah, and all. you might as well try it. <laughs> so I did. So I learned family law and my kids were small. So I was primarily a mother. I said I was a full-time mom, part-time lawyer. Best case scenario. And then, you know, 10 years later... The kids are getting older and more self-sufficient. And right around that time, I actually noticed that many families, many couples, they really didn't want a divorce. They just wanted a new marriage, right? Right. And so that's when I started kind of mediating for couples to, again, help them figure out what they wanted to create, as opposed to looking backwards and kind of blaming and getting upset about the past. And I'll say, too throughout all this time, I'm taking personal growth workshops. I'm going to my therapist. I'm doing Tantra work, which is all about intimacy and learning about myself and all the things that shoot, if I had known that I might not have had to get divorced. So really that was the genesis to be working with couples who were getting divorced, but they didn't want to be divorced. So I did a lot of the same exercises as I do in a collaborative. Okay, what's important to you? What are your values? What do you want? What do you want? And also looking at the money, because as we know, as divorce attorneys, sometimes couples can have lovely relationships, but when it comes to the money, there's the breakdowns, they can't talk about it. So I was using those same mediation techniques to say, how do we take one family and take it apart? To be like, okay, how can we now create structures where the money flows in the direction of their interests, their values, what they think is important? So that was sort of the first step. And then I was like, wait a second, we need to get these people before they get married. Yeah, I love it, right? You're like, wait a minute, this is working. Let's teach people. Let's have them get these skills ahead of time. So that's sort of where it is right now in that people want to stay together and they want to create new relationships. That's we're talking about, you know, a structure for them to work with somebody who has conflict resolution 
skills. And I think it's so important for people to understand. I know there are listeners out there and, and a lot of my listeners are actually practitioners who are going, oh my God, this makes so much sense because there are either listeners out there who are thinking our relationship is just not working. Right now, they're thinking, this is not working, so divorce must be where we're headed. And I know there are attorneys or mediators out there who are like, I just met with someone the other day who said, I'm not sure I really want a divorce, but I don't know what else to do. And so for me, at least, their intentional relationship design sounded like manna from the heavens, like, oh my God, here's what you can do and I love the words I told you earlier when we were getting ready, intentional, meaning we sit down and actually intentionally create something, relationship, so not a breaking apart, but a bringing together, and design, meaning we are going to come up with what works for this couple. I love the name, intentional relationship design, and I love that it applies, as you just pointed out, not only to those couples who are already married, but as we know today, so many couples are just, Marriage is not what they're looking for. They are looking for committed relationships, but not a marriage. Well, and that is actually one of the steps. So to kind of tell you kind of what offerings they have right now. So I just finished an online course that's available and it's called Seven Ways to Save Your Marriage. You can link to it through the TV Kulab site. And it is basically an online version modified of intentional relationship design. It's got some of the exercises. It's got some of the resources in it. And it's connected to what do you want? And so many people, like that's what I found like in the divorce world, nobody really asks this person. And so then when he or she starts thinking, oh, well, that's what I want. Then the next step is like, okay, how do you get it? Okay. And so then communication in terms of how do you ask for what you want or need? And then how do you accept or say yes or no? And just to kind of connect to a lot of the people who come to me have either seen parents with very dysfunctional relationships, or they've had one divorce and now they've met somebody new and they don't want to make the same mistakes. Right. And I say, you know, again, the exercises and the things that we do are grounded in research. So I have a lot of the stuff, if you've heard of the Gottman Institute. Of course. John yeah. and Julie Gottman. So the, a lot of it is research-based. And then, you know, let's think about it. And then they're new skills so that they can avoid the divorce in the future. Because that's really what it's about, trying to avoid the divorce and get that foundational work in. So there must be an element of sort of backing up and rebuilding the foundation in certain ways, because I was thinking when you said, you know, one of the questions to start with is, what do you want? I can hear the answer of, well, I just want him to change, or I just want her to change. And that's not really what you're talking about, is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. And I think this is where a mediator, and so now I'm going to speak to the mediation space. The beauty of a mediator is we do hold space and we ask questions and a good mediator is going to take someone who says, well, I want him to empty the dishwasher, right? Well, okay. What I hear you saying is that a clean and orderly home is important to you. So a lot of what I do is the reframing and then I'll connect it to the Gottman research. So this is a little tidbit for everyone. Uh, in the Gottman research, they've identified, they're called perpetual problems that 
a couple who will stay married, who can na- navigate it, the problems aren't going away, but they found a way to navigate around them. So for example, the clean, messy dichotomy, it's not like you're ever going to get the clean person to become messy and you're not going to get that messy person to be clean, but you're going to have conversations that then they can create agreements such that they can each live with whatever is happening in their lives, right? Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting to hear this because I'm a mediator, I'm a divorce attorney, I've worked with people, but I have solely worked with people either ending a marriage or planning divorce as they enter into a marriage, i.e. a prenup in certain terms, but have not veered into this realm of looking at the core values of a couple and how they can create agreements around maintaining boundaries for both of them that work. And I'm making up my own words around all that. I'm sure you have a better explanation. No, that's exactly right. Yeah. So I find that so fascinating to take our skills that we've honed over years and bring them to this new space to help people in a really new and inventive way to recreate and reform their relationships. Well, and you pointed out, so part of the genesis also was me doing prenups. Mm -hmm. Okay. And particularly one there was, it was actually beautiful, right? It was second marriage for each of these older people and they had adult children. Each of them had individual estates, right? Yes. So a traditional prenup process is very much, I'm going to keep my stuff, you keep your stuff, and then divorce planning. And we didn't approach it that way at all. It was like, what are your values? The very beginning, it was like, tell us, it was a collaborative, so there were two lawyers, tell us why you love each other. Tell us what you want to create together. And then they had already decided that one person was going to sell their home and move into the others. So then a lot of conversation was about joint ownership of the home, maintaining the home, creating a a bank account to fund the home. But the point was, we didn't just jump into the money. It was like we built it on the foundation of, you know, one of them had a child that was still in high school. So how is the parenting going to work? That kind of thing. The other little clue I'll say for those professionals out there is in drafting the prenup, I focus, again, I'm mediating, more on the death of either party and the importance of integrating the estate plan because you can talk about the same foundational concepts of separate property versus joint property. And then, oh, by the way, and if you get divorced, what do you want to do? (laughs) (laughs) Which is different, right? Oh, very different, right? The traditional prenup of it's mine, all mine, and you don't get any of it if this doesn't work out is very much how people look at it. But imagine sitting down and with something like an intentional relationship design, because as you were just describing it, to me it was sitting down and talking about in a very supportive way about how the practicalities of this relationship are going to work. And that's where, let's flip over to that premarital side or for couples who are deeply committed, but not wanting marriage, but they do want to combine households or they're having children together or they're buying property together, you know, merging finances. Yes. Basing all that on the emotional side of things is where we then see people then 
have misunderstandings, right? They Because they don't often want to have what can be difficult conversations. You couched it in very nice terms around, tell us why you love each other. But then when you do start talking about the dollars and cents and how you're going to co-parent your stepchild or these things, they can be difficult conversations, right? Yes. But it's delightful to think about them being had in a supportive and facilitated, and by facilitated, I mean with somebody who knows what they're doing, helping you have these conversations. And just imagine a relationship created that way, where you have these understandings because you've you've communicated. Woo, surprise. We've communicated and thought it all out. Just as a higher overarching thing, the process, I designed it. There's six sessions. The first two are very positive. They're the uh, appreciations. What do you like about each other? What are your dreams? The second chunk, <laughs> really about, <laughs> yeah, the second chunk is how do you deal with breakdowns? And so the difficult conversations research out of Harvard negotiation project. Love that is, book. I give them a handout. I teach them. I said, because you know what? There's a hundred percent guarantee you will have a breakdown at some point in your relationship. And the key is how do you negotiate? How do you navigate it? Hello, everyone. So Lisa Kosky was recently my guest on the show. I'm sure you remember her. It was a very popular episode entitled Doing Divorce Different because there isn't just one way. And now she's back to help you co-parent in a better way with an online parenting course that helps you create a comprehensive parenting plan that works for your family. So if you're terrified that divorce will ruin your child, this course is for you. You will learn how to create a parenting plan that meets the unique needs of your family, understand the terminology of parenting plans and how they are used in the legal process, You'll learn strategies for effective communication and conflict resolution with your co-parent, and you'll get guidance on addressing common challenges and issues that arise in co-parenting. You can find the program at lisakoski.com backslash online dash parenting dash course and use the code parents10 for 10% off. Stay tuned for more from Teresa Baron Kulat as she shares her innovative process of intentional relationship design to help couples who want to create the relationship of their dreams. You know what? There's a hundred percent guarantee you will have a breakdown at some point in your relationship. And the key is how do you negotiate? How do you navigate it? If you are enjoying this episode, be sure to check out last week's show with Beverly Price who's been married six times and divorced five, and she's going to share how she shifted from the shame of feeling like a failure in love to the empowerment of creating a life and a relationship that she loves. So I had to get to the place where, I don't wanna say I don't care what other people think, but I had to realize that there was a greater purpose that outweighed the shame I felt. And now we return to today's show. Another skill I teach kind of in that section. So I'm an astrologer. I do energy work. I teach them particular like breathing techniques and communication like strategies for listening 
because a lot of what happens when people are having breakdowns is they just stop listening. And so just to practice listening to things you don't like, (laughs) okay, is helpful. Then we talk about the money. So I do want to point out, because people say, well, isn't this just like therapy? Like, no. Do you know any therapist that's going to have you look through your balance sheet and talk about how you're going to allocate the payment of groceries? No. No. The therapists don't do that. No. Just thinking like in the prenup world, a lot of it is one party not feeling appreciated. Yes. And money being used to say, yes, I really do appreciate you. And look, I'm going to take all this half million dollars from my non-marital estate and I'm going to put it into the joint account. It's not a quid pro quo. So I'll just kind of zoom to the end. So at the end of the intentional relationship design process, whether the couple decides to stay married, to get married, or just you know to live together, to have children be committed, that concluding exercise is actually to write vows. And a vow meaning this is what I want to do for you, not because you're going to do something for me. This is just what I want to give, which has a totally different feel from, well, I'll do this if you do that. Right. The quid pro quo approach. Right. Which is not going to be helpful. No. And I'll say just kind of also as an aside, there was a couple that I did the intentional relationship design and they decided that they were not going to stay together. Okay. So it was important because once they did start looking at those areas, they had difficult conversations. It was an amicable split, even though they hadn't yet gotten married. Does that make sense? Yeah. No. Well, so they broke up. Yeah. But they probably broke up with more love and care than the way we often see it, um, where somebody cheats on somebody or somebody goes off and does something wrong, or they just don't have the hard conversation that they need to have and one person's left wondering what went wrong. I mean, we've seen every permutation of a bad breakup in what we do for a living. Uh, We don't see often all that many people. So I guess there's intentional relationship undesign. Maybe that's divorce. Well, truly, when when you get divorced, especially if you have children, you really do have to design a relationship that's going to go forward. 100%. You know, my former husband and I, we've always lived like a bike ride away. Our kids always knew that they could go either place. My youngest son graduated from college two weekends ago. And uh, wait, wait, where where did he go? He went to the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Good for him. Good for him. And his dad and the new wife were there. Me and my new partner were there. There was a whole bunch of people on his side helping each other out. We all went to lunch. So I just say that because it is possible. You can have a nice relationship and it really is better for your kids in the long run. Yeah. I know there's people out there. I these, This is where I get those yeah, but emails or the yeah, but message. Yeah, but my ex is a narcissist or yeah, but my and maybe. Maybe. And not every relationship can have the advantage of going through this type of a process. But if you don't even know this is a possibility, how many relationships could have been saved? I guess I'll call it, I'm not sure that's the right term, but saved or recreated or redesigned or designed for success. Right. How, you know, if people had known about this, it's interesting. I had interviewed way, way back. I was interviewing 
Laura Wasser and we were talking about prenups and she said she actually loves doing prenups, right? She thinks they're great. And she said, it's not that I, you know, love the negotiation and all of it. She said, I love the fact that it makes people have conversations that God knows they should be having before they enter into a marriage yeah. and having children together and doing those things. And and I remember thinking at that time, you know, who would ever believe, you know, one of the, the biggest names in divorce would be like all pro prenup. But she was like, I think I'd have less business on the divorce side if people put more time and effort into the prenup side. Well, and a lot of it is just we assume there's that word. I'm getting married to some and I assume that his visions of marriage are the same as mine. And and then when you start talking about it, they're different. Their origin story. Like I had one couple doing the intentional relationship design and she came from a family where the mother had multiple children with different men and they were all a big, happy family and nobody ever got married. And so for her, getting married was not a big deal. And her partner, the guy, came from very traditional, you know, you get married, then you move in and then you have kids. Then like, you have children. Get, right? It's got an order to it. And so just to have me there so they could each talk and be heard, then they were able to come together. Now, that couple actually is engaged. They're not married yet. But last weekend, I think I mentioned, so the first couple I worked with back in 2021, they actually got married on Sunday and I was invited to the wedding and it was really fun. I love that. I do. I do too. I love that. What was really cute is the efficient, like when the person was marrying them, one of the things that she said was, and it's so nice to see a couple who intentionally designed their relationship. And I'm like, you're getting, now, now you're getting uh, ads read by the officiant. I love it. But you mentioned even that people were saying that intentional relationship design or your course or meetings with you, working with you would be a great wedding gift. I mean, I'm like, yes, it would. It'd be a fantastic yeah. uh, wedding gift for people. Think about that. What for my ad in the knot? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a great, On the, you should get it right there as a pop-up when you go to the knot.com <laughs> and then it'll be intentional relationship design with Teresa. I did get my uh, officiant license. I've married a couple people too, like in the past. Oh, I love yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, it's just the idea of, and, and I know we're speaking of it lightheartedly, but you've mentioned this. This is hard work. You're working hard with them. I know as a mediator, I, I know how difficult it is to hold space for two people having difficult conversations. And I also know how hard it is for the two people who are having those difficult conversations. But I would at least say from my perspective, again, from that high level perspective of someone who has seen what happens when people don't have the difficult conversations, which is what I saw right. every day for 32 years that the biggest expression of love you could possibly give someone is to get into that room literally or figuratively with you and have these conversations and intentionally design your relationship. Well, and what this is making me think of, I had a couple, oh God, it would have been like 2014, 2015. They were in their like mid fifties and he had had a long career at government agency. So he had a pension and he was retiring because he was done. He had put in his 25, 30 years and was just done. And she wanted to keep working 
because she didn't feel comfortable in their financial position to retire. And so the intentional relationship design, the conversations were, what are their values? They had no children. They traveled a lot. And he was ready to start spending down. And she wanted to keep accumulating. So what we did was we came up with those agreements and created a a post-nuptial agreement, a mid-marriage agreement, such that she was very anxious. And so it put her at ease. And he got to retire and travel and she got to keep working. As I was getting ready to do my course, I kind of reached out to them two years ago in 2021 and they had gotten divorced. Okay. But they had already done the work. Right. So it was uneventful because they had already had the difficult conversation. This woman actually yelled at me at one point, like called me a four letter word. Yeah. And I was, I was like, okay, I'm used to this. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> I can take it. So anyway, I just I don't like it. So there's so many permutations. I think we were talking about that. There's so many different permutations of the different people who we come across. Well, oh, I mean, you stand in dealing if just dealing with people in relationships, you're gonna meet everything and see everything sooner or later. I do say um to clients, or I was saying to clients toward the end of my 32 years in the practice, like if you have a story that surprises me, you win. Cause it would be really hard to come up with something that I haven't heard in 32 years of working with people as they end their marriages or work through their relationships. But every once in a while, someone did pop up with something where I'm like, yep, nope, haven't heard that one before. And that actually, I, I can't let you go. I was looking through the notes that I went through for the, for this episode and you have something that are called cuddle party rules. Oh yeah. And I need to know what those are before we can end this episode. Sure. So have you heard of body-based psychotherapy? Like, yes. Okay. Yep. So it's a, it's a variation on that. And the reason it's relevant and I'll speak from personal experience. Okay. So I was married and I had needs that I was unable to identify and articulate. So I did your typical woman thing, which is, okay, come on. He's supposed to read my mind. Or like, how come he doesn't do what I want him to do? And I haven't said anything or asked for it, right? Like, that's just plain old stupid. But that's the way I was raised, right? The women never, women never ask for anything, right? So the point here is, so I'm divorced now. And if you know love languages, I have physical touch as my primary love language. I'm like, holy crap, what do I do now, right? So I find cuddle parties. So cuddle party is a thing. It's structured physical, non-sexual touch. And it's preceded by, it's called a consent and boundary workshop. So basically everyone is sitting around, you know, some people, some people are new, but the rules are as follows. You do not touch anyone without making a verbal request and receiving a verbal yes. Next rule is if you're a yes, say yes. If you're a no, say no, which sounds easy. But sometimes is not, especially with our upbringing. Right. If you're a maybe, that means no. And uh, you're able to change your mind. So if somebody asks and you say yes, and then you think about it, you can say no, kind of come up with something new. (laughs) So the point is, in these couples that I'm working with, who are in intentional relationship design, I say, you know, it's not like you're negotiating with your roommate. There's obviously some romance. There's some sexual energy going on if you're calling yourself partners and spouses, right? 
And so if there's a breakdown in that area, sometimes just practicing and learning color party rules can get your relationship back on track. So for example, uh, I have two really great examples. One is a couple that were together for 30 years. They had not been in the same bed for about 10. And um, they started working with me and we did the first couple, you know, sessions. And then he comes and he's like, well, you know, she says he wants to sleep in the bed again. And I'm like, okay, so you don't sleep in the bed? No. And then, so then I talked to him, I go, well, what kind of physical touch do you have? Like, do you hold hands? Do you put your arm around? It's like, no, I sit on my couch. She sits on her chair. I'm like, well, let's take it a step at a time. And then as I'm facilitating the conversation, she says out loud, well, yeah, sometimes I want to hug you, but I'm afraid that you're then going to turn that into something else. And I don't want it to go there. So I don't even give that. Right. So that was an example of cuddle party rules. If you're a yes, say yes. If you're a no, say no. And then start to ask. Another interesting one was uh, a couple with different sexual appetites. Let's say that. Mm -hmm. Right. And so they both loved each other. But we had to negotiate like how often and who was going to initiate, right? Because there's, we make up stuff about that. Sure. If I'm always the one initiating and you're not, then what does that say? But then if they talk about it, so that's an example of cuddle party rule. I will say, since I have not done intentional relationship design work as a professional, I've never negotiated who's going to initiate or how often people are going to find each other, be together, or do that. So you definitely are having more interesting conversations than I've had in some of my career. But again, it all comes down to that communication in so many ways, right? Yeah. And things that are hard to talk about. I mean, you're just, this is difficult conversations around money, sex, children. I mean, it's all. And so what do we do as humans? We tend to not to want to deal with it. Right. And so again, I go back to, I think one of the biggest gifts and expressions of love that you could give is to say, I want us to get some help and do some work and intentionally design our relationship. So <laughs> let's let people know how to get in touch with you if they want to intentionally design their relationship. Or for those who are looking for a collaborative um, support in their divorce, what are the best ways to get in touch with you, Teresa? Sure. So TB Kulat, K-U-L-A-T, because you can't spell my first name. It's spelled eight different ways. My middle name is all over the place. So I try to keep it short. TBKulat.com is where I do the coaching and the intentional relationship design. That's where you can find my course, which is seven ways to save your marriage. Uh, the law firm is called TrinityFamilyLaw.com. And we practice in Illinois, but we have mediators. And as you know, mediation is, there's no jurisdictional boundaries on that. Right. So uh, I can mediate, my team can mediate for people, even if they're not in Illinois, provided, you know, they have the support in their local jurisdictions. And I would assume intentional relationship design oh. can be with anyone anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, because it started during the pandemic, all my first couple couples were all on Zoom. Zoom and right? As we know, we can do what we do and do it on Zoom. So I will, of course, have all of your information in the show notes, a link directly to the both websites and to the program. And I just, I love what you're doing and I applaud you for, for taking what we do and turning it on its end 
to find even better ways to help people, you know, maintain their relationships and, and restructure them and redesign them. I love it. Well, and I thank you for this podcast because I really have been listening and I love that it's called Divorce and Beyond because to me, this is like your beyond. Yes. The, what's, what's afterwards, right? Like, what can we create from that? So thank you. And that's exactly why I named it that, because as you and I both know, having been divorced ourselves, while you're going through a divorce, it feels like it is never ending and your whole life is sucked into that time. And we both know life is when when you get to your beyond and it can be so wonderful. So and if you're beyond your divorce, but going into and looking into a new relationship, Why not intentionally design that relationship? So I love it. Thank you so much, Teresa. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today on the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I hope you found some information and inspiration to help you on this journey. Please join me every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for a new episode. And if you like the show, please take the time to subscribe and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. You can also find more information on the website at divorceandbeyondpod.com where you'll find links to the YouTube channel, transcripts of the episodes, and other bonus content. So I'll see you next week to help you move through your divorce and beyond.